Welcome to Popular Cultural Cherry. My name is Lawin and I am your host. In this podcast, we give you an outsider's perspective about European life, culture, and pretty much anything that is connected to this continent. So get ready to learn something new in a light and entertaining way. Alright, so... Today, we have a very special guest on my podcast. Her name is Lisa Jans, and she actually does job coaching here in Germany. Previously, I've actually done an interview with her where she actually interviewed me. And this is kind of her way to return the favor is for me to interview her. So she's based in Germany and she gives advice to people coming from outside of Germany to actually be more successful in their job hunt or in their careers. Yeah, so Lisa, thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much for inviting me. I'm so excited. And thank you very much for this wonderful introduction. I don't have to say anything anymore. You already said everything. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm very glad that I can be here. Thank you so much. So maybe you can, you know, give a few words about like what you actually do and how you actually started in this very interesting job. Yes. Okay. I will. Thank you. So as I call myself Job Coach Germany, and I help professionals from everywhere around the globe to find and land their dream job in Germany, which basically means I support them with the right job search on specific platforms and job boards and networks. And then I support them with cover letters and CVs. So we basically use the material that they might already have, but we adjust it and improve the documents in a way that it's suitable for the German labor market. And then the last service that I offer is basically a mock job interview. So I prepare the candidates that are applying for a new job for the actual job interview. And now why can I actually do that? Because I'm an HR lady. So I've used to work in the recruiting field for over nine years and I have scanned and screened and gone through many applications on both sides actually. So when I was applying, I gained a lot of experience, but also obviously when I screened the application documents of candidates. And when I was interviewing candidates for the companies I worked with, I was able to see what the companies are looking for and why certain candidates basically don't have a chance and why they do have a chance. And the background a little bit for me. So I studied business for my bachelor's degree. And then from uh, that's when I started being interested in the HR field. And typically I was working next to my studies all the time. And that's when I had my first internship in the HR department. And one of my former bosses actually told me, you have to be born to do this job. And I felt that this is my destination. I like recruiting and I like um, seeing potential and how these people can actually make a career here. But back then it wasn't really the focus on expats being in Germany. There were expats as well that were applying for jobs in Germany, but back then I was still focusing just simply on recruiting whoever wanted to work in that particular company. And then after that, 
I knew that I wanted to specialize in HR development. So people development and what kind of skills people have and what they need in order to do their job better. So I decided to go for a double degree master's program. And that was called International Vocational Education. So basically it is education that is adjusted for adults. So whenever you are uh, learning on the job or want to go into further or higher education and want to combine that with your job. And this is what I studied then in Germany, so in Magdeburg, where I actually live. So, and Magdeburg is just between Berlin and Hanover, so in the northern part of Germany. And my university had a cooperation with a, uh, with another university in England, in actually in Chelmsford, which is close to Cambridge. And there I studied general education. So basically any kind of education from childhood education to adult and vocational education again. And all the time when I was studying, I was working in HR next to my studies. So first I started in the automotive industry, then I went to IT and then I went back to the automotive industry. And in different departments, I learned basically how to recruit people, what kind of questions to ask. But for me, it was always important that the human being is in the focus. And that was actually the turning point for me when I realized, okay, I cannot stay within the corporate world because I was still working, but my bosses would always tell me, okay, so these are the guidelines that we're looking forward in a candidate. So basically they needed to have an average of, let's say 2.0, because in Germany 1.0, the average grade at the university is the best and 2.0 is good and then basically 3.0 is just the average and 4.0 is the lowest that you can get and so 2.0 this is what my bosses told me was the threshold for many people and then I said yeah but this is not how you can see a human being because you need to see the entire person you need to see the skills and the background all of the experiences that they've gained at university and at work and I didn't want to work with any kind of threshold like that anymore. And for me, having applied for jobs in Germany, several jobs in Germany, and having applied for several jobs in the UK, I saw the difference in applying for jobs on the English labor market and on the German labor market. And there's a complete difference. And then I thought, okay, well, I can use this knowledge and the experience that I've gained to actually help foreigners to apply in Germany for jobs in German companies, because I know the standard that the companies are looking for. And I know the feeling of a foreigner, if you are abroad and applying for a job, you have the fear of not being able to actually land that job just because you don't know the requirements. And that's why I'm doing that. Wow, that's a really, really interesting story. Yeah. <laughs> Like that answers actually a lot of my questions in one one of your answers. So first of all, I, I wanted to kind of understand. So you mentioned that you do these mock interviews with your customers. You help them write their CV, maybe some cover letters, if, if I remember correctly. And do you think that the German market is super special that a lot of people 
have like a different looking CV or they're prepared for interviews in a different way? Yes, I'm convinced that it is like you just said. So from the English speaking world, I have seen that they are a lot more interested in the focus on the skills. So basically, this is just a very small part on your CV. So on your CV, you can say, for example, you have communication skills or team skills, team spirit, or like mathematical analytical skills. And this is what they have in focus. And in the English speaking world, you want to have as many skills as possible. On the German CV, however, this is just a very small part. So maybe you stick to six skills instead of 12, because it's just taking up too much space. Then also, maybe some of your listeners have already heard that on the German CV, it's very typical that we still have a photo of ourselves. So we have a picture of ourselves and the trend is actually going to not having a picture anymore. And this is something, so we are trying to use the trend from the English speaking world because it actually makes sense because they don't want to have a photograph on the CV due to discrimination reasons. Obviously, you will see a picture and either you like that person or you don't. And that's why in the English speaking world, there's most of the time no picture. And in Germany, it's in that way when we have a conservative company, a very old, many traditions, and they have been on the market for a very long time, then these people probably have an older generation that are recruiting and they are still, they still want to see the picture just to get an, a feeling who they are talking to if they have the job interview with them. And this is what most of my clients always ask me. Do I have to put a picture? And then I always say, well, if you are applying for a huge company with more than 100,000 workers or it's a very conservative company, yes, try to put your photograph on the CV. But if you are applying for a little startup, then you don't have to use the the photograph anymore because the companies are trying to be more modern and just in the modern world, we don't want to discriminate anyone anymore. And this is just why there is this trend towards not having a picture. But as most of the people have probably heard of the cliche that Germans are very into rules and they like their regulations and so on. That's why it is so hard for foreigners to apply in Germany because we have these rules. So for example, the cover letter, let's just take a look at that. We have a special norm. It is called DIN 5008. So if you type that into Google, everybody knows that's how a formal letter is supposed to look like. And if the recruiter sees that letter and it doesn't look like this Dean 5008, I cannot convince you enough to write it in that way because otherwise your uh, application might land in the bin because it doesn't meet the standard of the German application process. It just takes the recruiter 10 seconds to take a look at the application pro uh, application documents. And if then the standard doesn't fit to what the recruiter is expecting, then basically there's no chance. You don't get over that first hurdle. This I know that Germans are very into rules. And obviously, I, I've been living in Germany for two years. And also, I've applied for... Well, I work here. So obviously, I applied for a company in Germany. And also, what I remember was that 
in Germany, you have to sign the cover letter, hand, yeah, like that's signature. Yes. And I found it like very strange. Like, really? <laughs> you have to print it and sign it and then scan it again. But okay. <laughs> Yeah, and that's also, it does have a reason. The reason, so we're not just signing the cover letter, but we're also signing the CV. And just to give a little hint here, if you're signing your cover letter on the bottom left, then also try to sign your CV on the bottom left. Ah. So it, it makes sense because that's just easier for the eye of the recruiter. And we sign it. Because it is an official document, basically, it makes you sign that you are saying the truth on your CV and on your cover letter, that you're not pretending to be someone else or that you write any information in there that is not true. And with your signature, basically, you support that idea of giving the correct data. That's a very interesting and very useful point, actually, for anyone who's listening. You also mentioned something about Germans being very strict with grades. I remember when I was applying in the Netherlands, I never put my grades there. Also, when I was applying in the Philippines. But if I would just have my transcript ready in case they ask for it. But on my CV, I wouldn't put like, oh, this is my grade point average. In Germany, is this is this a norm to put like your average yeah, sometimes people do that, but it's nowadays a little bit more flexible. But let's say maybe 10 years ago, that was very typical, that you would normally place your university and the city where you've studied, then your program, what you've studied, and then in brackets, the average that you have. But Obviously, now with the digitization going on, there are a lot of platforms or software that the uh, that the companies are using where they are actually asking for that. So you don't have to write it on your CV, but they will ask on the platform what kind of average you've had for that particular program that you studied. But let me tell you here. It depends on the field that you've studied. For example, with engineering, this is very difficult to study. And normally engineers are very happy if they just simply pass their exams. So with the engineers, they don't really focus on that number on the average. But for example, a very overcrowded study program is business economics. We just simply have too many people that are studying that. And if we are recruiting people from the business economics field, then the average should be 2.5 or better. Very useful advice. Now I know why, it, why it's like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you said you mostly help expats. Do you have like a specific market? Are there like specific countries that you see migrating to Germany more or like maybe countries that need more help or specific areas of the world? Actually, my clients are kind of from all over the globe. There are some areas that I haven't reached yet, but I guess that's just a matter of time. But I can tell you that the most people that are most interested in my services are from India. In the IT field, or engineering field. And this is also a specialty that I focus on because a person that has studied engineering or IT has a specific personality and they are very good in what they're doing, but they are not so very good in selling themselves during the job interview. So they don't really know what to focus on. And that's what I love the most when I can help them. But I've also had people from Poland, the UK, Brazil, Chile, Venezuela, and so on. So I, I don't put um, a focus on that. Oh, and maybe 
I should also mention that I offer it in English and in German. So whenever there is someone that is applying for a job in Germany, I try to support them with whatever language is most helpful for them. English or German or both. And I always try to encourage the candidates that they can at least introduce themselves in German. So if they don't know a lot of German, then maybe they can at least introduce themselves like their name and where they're from and what they've studied. Then the rest can maybe continue in English. Do you think that makes a big difference? Like if they're able to at least say a few words? Yes, it does make a huge difference because it already shows that you're going that extra mile. Yeah. So you, you show your effort that you want to integrate into the culture. And, um, for many jobs, actually, when you start working in Germany, you don't need a lot of in, uh, German. Uh, however, in the long run, if you want to progress in your career, I've heard many times that the obstacle that many people have to get a promotion is that their German skills are not good enough. So if you want to get a promotion, most of the managers say, okay, you need to have at least a B2 level of German. If you want to start working in Germany, you can as well start working in English, but showing a little bit of effort and showing a little knowledge of the German language will always give you an advantage. So you mentioned like a lot of people from different countries try to contact you and maybe they're looking for their next career step in Germany. Is there a specific reason why you think like Germany has currently like a magnet for migrant workers? Yeah. So first of all, we have pleasant working conditions. Most of our jobs consider a full-time job of 40 hours per week. Some jobs even have only 35 hours per week. And this is actually something that is very attractive to people from abroad. That's what I also discussed with people from America, because for them, full-time work sometimes means 70 or 80 hours per week. And this is something that would never work with our working conditions and the work councils. So the workers are actually protected by our work councils once the company is big enough to have a work council. And then also... We have very attractive salary, even though we are paying high taxes. But that is also, as I would say, a pull factor for people from abroad because we pay that high amount of taxes due to our strong social security system. So once you are on the market and you have worked here for quite some time, and even if you've just worked here for a year, you can get money from the government in order to be supported if you don't find a job in between or if you've lost your job, for example. And obviously the health insurance system is very good and we get we have a very strong economy. And as I said before, it is very attractive for some people that don't know any German yet, but just want to work in English. Especially when I go to Berlin, as soon as I step out of the train, I speak English. <laughs> yeah. So, and some people always tell me, Oh, I cannot practice my German when I, uh, because I'm living in Berlin. And then I say, Yeah, well, you need to move to a different city or a smaller village in order to improve your German skills a little bit more. But I think this is very attractive. And one of my clients has also told me one thing that I wasn't even aware of. It's that we grant more responsibility to workers from the very beginning. So basically, we don't overlook 
every single step. The worker, when they start working, are quite flexible in what they're doing. So we tell them, okay, this is, this is the project and this, these are the tasks. This is the goal that we want to achieve. And now you come up with a plan. This is really cool because it develops your personality and your skills on your job a lot earlier. And it doesn't really matter whether you are 25 years old or 55 years old. Well, that's an interesting fact because that's something also I experienced in my job. So when I first came to Germany, I also felt that they try to get the most out of you as possible. And it's fair because that's what you're supposed to expect, right? That's the full workload that's given to you on day one. May I ask you a question just in return here? Um, do you have the feeling that you can talk to your manager at any time? About work or about personal life? Yeah, no, 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 about, about work. Yeah, so if you have an issue, for example, are you afraid of contacting your manager or can you talk to him or her? Honestly, my Asian self would say no, because like normally in Asia, it kind of means like you don't know what you're doing if you keep, need to keep asking your manager. But that's one thing I learned here that you shouldn't actually be afraid to talk to them. And they're very, very approachable. And if you have a question, I mean... As long as they don't have to explain it to you 10 times, then it's fine. They're pretty understanding and they'll really try to help you. That's what I experienced as well. And that's what a lot of my clients also said, that they were surprised because they had the same feeling, like you just mentioned, that they are afraid and to ask the manager and that it looks like you don't know what you're doing. But actually in Germany, it's a little bit more open and the managers are happy to help you. Yeah, that's I actually really like this working way. Because you don't waste time. Like I just say, yeah. oh, I don't understand it. Can you help me? And then they'll just kind of go out of their way to help you a little bit. Yeah, that's brilliant. Oh, I like that that you have the same experience. That's perfect. <laughs> good. I don't know if I have the average German manager, but based on my experience, this is really, really good. Like I have no issues with that at all. You just mentioned that like Berlin is a, a city that a lot of people speak English. Are there other places where you think that immigrants should try to look for jobs wherein it would be possible for them to start in English? Or is that all over Germany? Any bigger city in Germany, you can find jobs in English. That's for sure. The The thing is that I would always recommend is not to stick to one city, but try to apply to different cities. And I also always tell customers or my audience that The application process only ends once you have found the ideal job for yourself. So as long as you don't have your bum on the seat where you want to sit at the company, then it basically doesn't end. So you can still apply, even if you've probably already come to Germany. And if you are already in Germany, if you realize within one month, two months in the probationary period that you don't like it, just go for a different job and try to still apply for other companies also in other cities. With regards to cities, we have a couple of cities that might be very interesting apart from the bigger ones like Berlin, Hamburg, Cologne, Frankfurt, Stuttgart and so on and Munich. There is Ulm. Ulm is a, a city that is very um, underestimated, but it actually has many attractive companies. Then a very striving and upcoming city that most people don't think about is Leipzig. It's in the eastern part of Germany and it's really growing and it's like exponentially growing. And obviously, if people are just looking for the highest salary, then they should go to Frankfurt because Frankfurt is the city where you earn the most money. Oh, I thought it would be <laughs> Munich. 
No, it's actually Frankfurt. Okay, yeah. but I, n- I never heard of this about Ulm or, or Leipzig, that like people should look at these cities if they want to, you know, start a career in Germany. That's really interesting. For people who are just starting studying in, for example, some other part of the world, and in their mind, like Germany is a des- dream destination for them. Do you Could you suggest any kind of industry or fields that are currently high in demand in Germany at the moment? Yeah, so from what I see, definitely in high demand is anything in the health industry. So like nurses, midwifery, also uh, dentists, but do- and doctors, but also physiotherapists. And with regards to the health industry, we have to be very careful because actually we have a different education system in Germany. So in Germany... If you want to be a, a nurse or a midwife or a paramedic or a physiotherapist, you don't have to study at a university. This is something that we learn kind of on the job and we go like part time to a school, but it's not a university. So sometimes people are actually overqualified if they come to Germany, if they have studied abroad. The health industry is definitely one area that is always looking for people and they will be looking for that in the future as well, because especially in the health industry, as I said before, that we are very focused on the the grades that people have. If you want to become a doctor in Germany, you have to have an average of 1.0 or 1.1. So that's basically kind of the best grade that you can get in Germany if you want to study that. And because people end their uh, school with a lower grade that is not as good as the best of the best, uh, you sometimes have to wait. And then people don't want to study medicine anymore. And that's why we have a huge lack of doctors here, which is why if you go to hospitals, for example, we have a lot of foreigners that are working as doctors because we cannot meet the demand for doctors that we have in Germany. And that is due to the problem in our education system. And the German government has realized that they are trying to adjust it. But as we know, adjustment take time. <laughs> so it it's still very interesting to see. Like I've just realized in November last year, the government has supported a project where they have recruited 200 nurses from Vietnam that are now in Berlin and they are living um, in Berlin and they are doing this apprenticeship as as we call it. And there we can see, okay, the German government is actually putting money into getting foreigners to work in Germany. So the health industry is one. Then obviously software development and anything in the IT industry is very in the, in, in high demand. And the last one that is also in high demand is always engineers. Engineers in metal construction, welding, vehicle technology, mechatronics, automation, and so on. So everything that has to do with engineering, it's in high demand. And especially uh, women are underrepresented still in these jobs. These are definitely the industries that people can look for. There are a lot more. And from uh, my latest research that I've done is that Germany is actually looking for, I think, roughly 117,000 foreigners from outside of the European Union 
every year to come to Germany because we have such a huge lack of skilled workers. That's the problem. That's the issue. Yeah, working here. Well, now, now we speak a bit about the pandemic mm -hmm. and with this whole remote working, home office thing. How does that affect like the labor market in Germany? Do you have like an idea of, of how it's affecting it? Yeah, and it already starts with the application process because now everything is so much easier. <laughs> <laughs> Digital. Yeah, because obviously first the application process looked in that way. You wrote your cover letter and your CV and you send it to the company. Then you might have a telephone interview and then you have an in-person interview. And now... With that in-person interview, that's not happening anymore because they don't have to invite you over. They don't have to fly you in if you are abroad, for example, but they do that online. And it just simply makes this process a little bit easier on the one hand side, but also it also makes it difficult on the other hand side because obviously you cannot get the real feeling of the situation, whether that is during the job interview or especially during the on onboarding process that is so important for people that are starting a new job because when you are starting a new job and you just meet your colleagues online this can be a little bit difficult because just imagine that situation that there has been a team and they have been working together for three four or five years and now you are the new person and you've been recruited online and you've started your job online the company might have sent you the the laptop to your house and now you have to set up everything on your own at your house and you don't get this feeling like you can get when you have, for example, a coffee break with your colleagues. This is something that is on the downside, obviously. There is a huge potential that people can actually work from their homes in their countries and then but still working for German companies so that we are all one huge mixed family. However, the Germans and their strict rules again, we have these taxes and that's why the Germans are very afraid of letting people work abroad if they have a German contract, for example, because then they don't, they are confused on what kind of taxes does this person have to pay? Do we pay like travel or do we pay like a normal fee that we would normally pay that employee? And this is something that, in my opinion, the German economy or the government needs to change because at some point, everybody wants to stay with their family for quite some time. And I also think if one has decided to come to Germany and work here, this is a great honor for us in Germany that we can invite foreigners that want to work with us here. And if that person just has, I don't know, maybe a low point in life or there is somebody sick at home, why should that person not be able to go home for a year and then work from there? That would be my ideal world of people working together and then they can come back once everything is settled or they, they organize that their entire family can come to Germany. However, there are still some hurdles that we have to cross. <laughs> I just love this progressive way of thinking of yours. And I, and I really also share the same idea of the future. Maybe like as, as parting words, maybe you can say maybe how people can reach you if they want to reach you. First of all, people can reach me on my website. So it's um, lisajans.com or you can also find me, which is probably easier on Facebook or on Instagram. If you just type in Job Coach Germany and then you will find me. My name is Lisa 
and I go live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. So this is basically a live session where people can ask questions and I do it at 2 p.m. to kind of cover the entire globe. <laughs> Then it's already uh, in the eastern part. It's in the afternoon or evening, but in the western world, it's in the morning. So um, if anybody ever has a question, they can come along there or book simply a discovery call with me. And then we will find out whether I can help them or not. And the last advice that I would love to give is that people should not be afraid of um, applying for jobs in Germany. Just go for it. Yeah, just just try it. And if you need help, if you are afraid or if you don't know how to tackle this process, simply contact me because this is what I do. I love helping people finding new opportunities elsewhere and finding that dream job actually here in Germany. So just simply go for it and be as courageous as Lawin. <laughs> just simply did it and he just went for it. So Lawin, thank you so much for this opportunity and that I was able to talk to you and for asking these wonderful questions. It has been a pleasure. Anytime, anytime. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Pop Your Cultural Cherry. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other podcast streaming platforms. To be updated with our latest episodes, don't forget to give us a like and a follow on our Facebook page and our Instagram account.